The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 313. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. We are going to preview Eagles free agency, which... We don't expect them to gain a lot of players. We certainly expect them to lose a lot of players. But you know who never loses, Brandon, ever? Who? Righteous Felon Jerky. Wow. Craft Jerky. Jimmy, you're very right about that. Uh, I actually just had some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky meat steaks because they have some new flavors available. Um, My dad got an order. I I think my mom ordered them for my dad. uh, And she gave me some of the ones... Uh, from his order uh, because she's very nice and looks after me. And uh, I really like the habanero one. That was like a perfect uh, combination of flavor and spice. So if you want to try that and okay. all the flavors, you can get them at righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. They are really great snacks that you need to have in your life. And by supporting them, you help support the podcast. Jimmy, I wanted to say sorry to everyone for last week's episode, which oddly got ruined. <laughs> uh, I, it's so weird. Like it's happened before since I've been podcasting, been podcasting since 2013, a long time now where episodes have kind of been like, you know, destroyed, like the files got corrupted or whatever. And audio has been unusable. That's really not the case with what happened with us last week. It was just that, um, your computer shut down while we were recording. Right, like 20 minutes in, something like that. And we put out the audio before that that didn't get ruined. But the one, the audio that did get ruined got ruined in a weird way where, so I don't know. It made me repeat lines over again. Yeah, like, I've, uh, never, I've never encountered that in any of my podcasts. I don't know if you've ever seen, you, have you ever seen, this is a crazy question to ask because every normal person has said this, but as a non-movie watcher, have you ever seen Goodfellas? I mean, I know of it. I have not, and I've seen parts of it. I know of it. I've seen parts of it, but I've not seen the whole movie from front to back. So there's one part where they're introducing like all the characters in the beginning. They're going around the bar, and like uh, they as they go to each character, they say something real quick. And these aren't even like most of these guys aren't even like in the movie thereafter. But like, there's one guy. It's uh, Johnny Two Times. I think they they call they call him, or that might be wrong. Uh, please don't. 
tweet at me telling me how I got at that wrong or whatever. But he goes, on Twitter. <laughs> but he goes, I'm going to get the papers, get the papers. Because mm. he always said things twice. Uh, and that's what I sounded like on the podcast yeah. where like it had me say something and then it would re- – and then I would repeat what I just said a second ago and I sound – like I didn't do that. I wasn't talking that way on the podcast but whatever reason – for whatever reason, it made me do that on the – when I, – I, technology is weird sometimes, dude. It's really all the uh, – it's kind of the bottom line here. So for example, if you really want to know what it sounded like, <laughs> it was something like – let's say normally Jimmy would say something like this. The Eagles are good. The Cowboys are bad. Well, it came out as the Eagles are good. The Eagles are good. The Cowboys are bad. The Cowboys are bad. Like it was doing this weird (laughs) thing like that, which I've never really heard of before. So very sorry. And it was really frustrating for us because um, we thought it was a really, we were like, hey, we thought it was a strong episode. Strong episode. Um, Obviously, you know, it's never like you go through an episode and you're like, that was terrible. And maybe, or maybe you do sometimes, um, but most of the times not. But this felt especially good. And it reminds me of an episode in BGN radio lore, Jimmy. Uh, Once Upon a Time interview with Shil Kapadia. I think this is back in like 2014 because we were talking okay. about like Jarris Bird and what the Eagles might do ahead of free agency back then. <laughs> and it was like yeah. a great interview with Shiel and the files just got like lost instantly. Ugh. And it was like, no. <laughs> um, so yeah. it, it's only fitting that one of the better episodes didn't make it to the light of day. So again, very sorry for that. Oh, it never, we never published it. Well, I mean, we, so <laughs> way to be on top of things. We, 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 so we, <laughs> Oh, put, I thought we did. I thought you said we were going. No, to we anyway. put out the audio of like the first uncorrupted part, but then just cut it yeah. at that. Um, uh, okay. But basically, uh, got to a lot of good stuff. And it was frustrating. And, and we got to a point where, um, like, once we noticed it, Jimmy and I couldn't really record at that point anymore. And then it felt very frustrating to have to do it again. It just felt like it wouldn't be anything we did, redid, would not be as good. And it would, I, at least that's how I felt about it. And it would be kind of frustrating because it's not like you can just kind of recreate some of the good organic discussion that we had. So, so anyway. And we also predicted so many things in that episode, too. We were like, <laughs> Derek Carr is going to sign with the Saints. We were like... Eagles are going to hire DJ Elliott right. to be their linebackers coach. Like we nailed everything in that episode, and you'll never know. After they flirt with Matt Patricia briefly, yeah. That's, yeah. that's so, right, yes. Um, so that's a bummer. <laughs> so sorry, sorry, and um, I know the, the recording schedule hasn't been uh, as regular post-Super Bowl. That's because we kind of took a week off there, and then this happened. So anyway, we're getting back into the flow of things is what I'm trying to say, and we have a big episode for you today. So why don't we just get into – it, Jimmy. I mean, you mentioned DJ player Elliott. by player, I guess. The um, the uh, the we'll play some Eagles free agent stay or go. Yeah, I have it listed here in order of uh, salary, annual salary average from okay. lowest to highest. Uh, okay, that's how I have uh, so it. So we're saving the we're saving the best players for the end. Well, in theory, um, not all the best okay. players. Some there's some players out there who make a lot of money who. Like Robert Quinn is technically at fourteen million okay. a year, but um, and I also want to include Jason Kelsey in this list, and I also want to include the possibility of a Quez Watkins trade or whatever. Since sure, I think the Eagles have MBG, him. who's still technically under contract. Sure, he counts as well. They have to cut him, and then whatever. So let's start out here, and we're gonna rank. We're gonna give you a, a percentage of chance that this person stays. So you know, from one to ten, somewhere like ten percent to a hundred or zero percent, really to a hundred percent. We'll start with Marcus Epps. What do you think are the chances he's back with the Eagles in twenty? I think he's back. Okay. I don't think he's going to get a lot of uh, attention elsewhere. Um, he's, you know, a below average starter. But 
I think he's more valuable to the Eagles than he will be to other teams. Um, so I think he's back, but you know, not a very exciting re-signing in my opinion. So what kind of chances do you, what would you put it at? I give him a seven out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably go, I'm going to go six, a little bit lower. I do think the Eagles are not spoiler alert going to be able to retain Chauncey Gardner Johnson or want to retain him Mm -hmm. for his price. And I think it's kind of tough to just have both safeties walk out the door there. And I know Mm -hmm. like people aren't going to be excited about keeping Epps over CJGJ, but that's not like, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? It's not like, Hey, we have unlimited funds and we want to keep the lesser player over the better. That's not the calculus here. The calculus is Epps is probably going to be a better value for what he provides than Chauncey Gardner Johnson is relative to the budget they have to work with. So it's not like they're choosing Epps over CJGJ. It's just that, you know, they're kind of going with the overall more affordable uh, economical option. And I agree that he is that, but I will say, I don't know. There's, there's the safety position is one where I think, you know, we've seen guys get big paydays in free agency. Um, and depending on what you want to believe, Jordan Schultz put out there that Epps is drawing some. That's who that was, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, I was going to say somebody had him as a quote unquote elite run defender. Yeah. So I'm going to say six <laughs> out of ten. Um, all right. I have him. I, I'm trying to remember what I had uh, all these guys at in terms of their pay. Oh, okay. So I had him projected payday one year, three point five million. Mm, I think he makes a little bit more. That's than too that. low. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you have to assume, especially because, and this kind of applies to a lot of these guys here, so not just talking about Epps, but when you come off that, you know, Eagles Super Bowl season, like that adds some value, I think, to teams. Like, oh, this guy comes from a winning culture. Like that, I think that boosts their value a little bit here, uh, even if it maybe shouldn't. Right, exactly. It shouldn't, but I agree that it, I think some teams do think that way sometimes. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's gone. <laughs> I think it's the pretty uh, easy prediction there. He thinks he can start in the NFL and whether he can or not, he thinks he can. So um, I think he's going to, he's not going to start in Philadelphia unless Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Um, so I think he's going to look for an opportunity where he can at least compete for a starting job. And that's not in Philadelphia. So I think he's as good as gone. And I have him at what, like two, two out of 10, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say two out of 10, um, like non-zero chance that there's just no market for him and the Eagles still need to back up and they make it work for one more year. Uh, but I just think like you said, he wants to go somewhere where there is at least some kind of chance where even if he can't outright compete for the starting job, um, mm-hmm. there's someone, maybe a starter kind of on shaky ground and there could be a way for him to, um, you know, <laughs> become the starter. There's some kind of path right. to that happening. Not totally similar, but not totally unlike how, because this is the Titans trading for Ryan Tannehill. But, you know, imagine if Ryan Tannehill had been available and, you know, he went to Tennessee where Mariota was the starter, but, right. you know, he wasn't on the most solid ground. So it's like, okay, I'll kind of... He bind, got benched. Yeah, I'll bide my he time. Got, he got benched after week six or seven that year. He did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I agree with that. And also from the Eagles' perspective, I don't think they're dying to have Minshew back because I don't... <laughs> I think they probably wanted better out of him than he mm-hmm. provided as a backup in 2022 and think they might be able to upgrade that spot there. Uh, so I, they had Jalen hurts play in that meaningless week, not meaningless. Yes. It was actually very meaningful, but in, in a week 18 game uh, against the giants backups, Yep, <laughs> because that's what they felt. That's how, that's, that's how much they, they thought of Gardner Minshew after his week 17 bad performance yeah, against stung. the new Orleans saints. 
Yeah. And that was clearly at the time. I remember like there was some criticism. The coaching staff didn't help him out. Like, man, I mean, no, I, I'm sorry. But like the Eagles <laughs> offense was fine the rest of the year. When Steelen Hurts got back, Minshew stunk in that Saints game. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we have Tyree Jackson as a uh, exclusive rights free agent. The Eagles will tender him. He'll be back. That's just yeah. Basically, a he'll be in camp. He might not make the team, but he'll be in. Right. He'll, he'll be. He'll be. You know, in training camp. So that's, a, that's just a formality. Um, then we'll go next to Chauncey Gardner Johnson, CJGJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying for a while. I think he's gone. Yeah. Um, and you know they they were never going to tag him. That was never an option hmm. because they only. I'm, I mean, they had what like three, four million in cap space, and they only have two players that they can three three players. Excuse me, in Lane Johnson, Darius Slay, Jake Elliott, whose contracts they can restructure to free up some cap space to sign a guy like him, uh, or to be be able to even tag. Uh, a guy like him, the tag for safeties was 14 million, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so not only do you have to tag a guy, but it's not like they sign that immediately. And then you can turn that 14 million into a signing bonus and kick it down the road. They're going to be on that. They're going to be at that 14 number <laughs> for the bulk of the off season. And that just completely wrecks your flexibility. So, you know, absent the tag, he's going to get a chance to hit the open market. And I think somebody's going to overpay for him. And I don't think that the Eagles are. Um, so the Eagles, I mean, they, they were interested in the safety market a year ago, mm-hmm. but the price for Marcus Williams got a little too high and they were out. Uh, they missed on other safeties like Justin Reed and like Tyran Matthew. Um, and then eventually they wound up trading a couple picks for CJ uh, who was very inexpensive from a cap, from a cap situation. So when you look at last year, they whiffed on safeties when they had money. This year, they don't have money. <laughs> so, like, I think he's just going to get a deal that, that they can't possibly match, and uh, he's going to walk. I agree with that. And I thought, you know, CJ TJ had a really nice 2022, especially moving from nickel cornerback to safety on short notice, led mm-hmm. the NFL and in interceptions, just like Dak Prescott did, except he was catching them instead of throwing them. <laughs> and uh, I, I like, I, this is one that I see people getting mad about. And clearly <laughs> CJ DJ seems to be headed out the door from the standpoint is he basically put out a video on Twitter and, and Instagram saying goodbye to Philly. Like, Thank you, Philly. Um, so I think he is knows he's not going to be back. Uh, so I'm going to mm-hmm. go like 10% chance here, pretty low. And I I have a tough time saying it because that's not a popular opinion, I feel like. But I just think that there's kind of some buyer beware here. I think you're kind of – he could be an ascending player. Look at his age and everything. But mm-hmm. I don't think he was like so – I think people think – I think he's, he was like playing at a Pro Bowl level last year. And I don't think he was. And like a good starter, but I don't think he's like – Pro Bowl, all pro kind of player by any means. I don't think he's close to that. And um, I think that's the kind of money he's going to be getting in free agency. I don't, this is a long way of saying, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a good value. I think this is a player who's coming off a career year and like he could be worth it. It could be a nice deal for a team out there, but for a team with limited funds, I just don't think that's the best way. I don't think he's the best bet out there. I, I think he's a nice player. But I think you have to play him, pay him kind of like elite player money. And I don't think he's really been an elite player. I like him a lot as a player. Um, I'm with you that he's not an elite player. 
but he gives you the the versatility to play safety and corner, which is especially important for the Eagles, uh, given that Avante Maddox is often not available. So I think when they ultimately do replace him with another safety, they're going to try to get one that also has some slot corner experience um, in the event that, you know, Avante Maddox goes down as he's been prone to do. So I think from that perspective, CJ was a great fit for the Eagles in 2022. And he did make plays like the, there a lot of the interceptions that he had were of the fortunate variety in that the ball found him as opposed to the other way around. But he also did make the plays on those, on, on those, on those plays. So like he made the plays on those plays is what I just said, <laughs> but which is uh, not something that every defensive back does. They don't always capitalize on, on the plays that come their way. And he did. And some of those catches were really nice. There's yeah. the, the one diving catch uh, in a, what was, what game was that? That was, a, that was a crucial. Yeah. Right. And there that was a crucial point in that game, I believe. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, I, I had thought all along he was going to be gone. And then when you sh- when he's putting out videos of, you know, with music in the background and like all slow motion highlights from his time in Philly. And then you have players like A.J. Brown wishing him well, you know, go get your money, you know, love you, man, that kind of shit. Oh, excuse my language. <laughs> like uh, that's uh, it's only strengthened uh, my opinion that, you know, he's going to be playing somewhere else in 2023. Yeah. So we both agree there. All right. Um, the Eagles cut Brett Toast. Feisty player, too. Very, very Philly kind of player. Sure. Uh, that talks a lot of smack and, uh, you know, very demonstrative on the field. So he's going to – he'll be, you know, one of those players that was here a very short time, but his time will be remembered fondly, I think. I always think there's a decent chance of this happening, though. You know, I don't think the Eagles mm-hmm. brought him in necessarily, like, always thinking he was going to be a long-term guy. Um I just don't think I think and I think people do. I think there's some kind of disconnect there going on with him that like losing him is this big like mistake or missed opportunity. I don't think that's really the case. I get it's frustrating. It's not fun, but that's just <laughs> that's that that's the theme of the Seagulls offseason in a way of and this is why like losing the Super Bowl sucks so much. It wasn't just about that, okay, you lost this game, missed opportunity, oh we'll get him again next year. It's like, no, now you're facing this massive overhaul. And it doesn't mean you can't get back, but it means that you have a lot of things to figure out to get back as opposed to the Buccaneers. When they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, they basically like brought back the entire team. They literally brought back like all their starters. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 21 out of 22 starters. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, like the coaching staff was largely intact too, um, but they didn't win the next year. So that doesn't guarantee right. everything. I'm not, but you know, it's just a difference in the situation of where the Eagles are versus where some uh, other teams were, or even the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. Um, that was, I mean, they they brought back a lot of the roster the next year. Like, they only lost, like, what, like, Trey Burton and, uh, like, Bo Allen. They weren't losing, like, you know, key mm-hmm. starters like this. Uh, but, again, they also didn't win. So, all right. <clears throat> anyway. We should also mention for each player that we think is going to be gone, too, that um, the Eagles are going to rack up compensatory pick uh, for the 2024 draft. If I So, I personally, I had uh, CJ at... I think like 15 million a year is where I have him getting. I think I, I've seen a report since then that he's going to get somewhere in the ballpark of 13 million a year. So I had him at uh, five years, 75 million with his new team, which would fall somewhere in the ballpark of like a fourth round compensatory pick in return. So um, they traded what a five and a six and they got him plus a seven back, I think is what it was. Um, so if they got a fourth round compensatory pick back in return, they basically 
you know, that's basically like a free year <laughs> of, of Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Like the, the draft compensation is pretty similar. Like a four and a seven is pretty close to the same value as like a five and a six. So that would be the return on him. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And for the comp pick discussion, should probably note that those picks would come in 2024, not this year. Right, um, exactly. And the Eagles also can only get a max of max of four, four yeah. of those yeah. for free agent spots. Now they can get even more picks in the event that, um, you know, Brian Johnson or Sean Desai are promoted to head coach. The Eagles did not get comp picks for, I've seen this going around. Like why didn't the Eagles get comp picks for, I know that you answered this question in your mailbag post for Philly voice mm-hmm. for Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, um, that those uh, comp picks are for minority um minority hires teams that are uh hiring away now the eagles kind of got um the unfortunate timing for them of andrew barry getting hired to be the browns dm once upon a time because this resolution was passed after that happened so had that right hire happened like <laughs> a year later or whatever they would have gotten uh two third round picks which are to be clear are all the comp picks if people don't already know i'm guessing most do but in case you don't those comp picks come at the end of the rounds that they're at. So if you're getting, you know, a third round comp pick, which is the highest you can get, it's all the way at the end of the third round. Um, and same thing for fourth and fifth and so on. Um, so the Eagles could get, probably will get a max of four for 2024. Uh, it's also possible to get more uh, down the road. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jimmy, those third round picks they can get for the minority hires, you get two and there's, I believe they're spaced out each year. Um, but you get them as soon as that year, if I'm not mistaken, because the, the 49ers already got one for D'Amico Ryans, who they lost. Right. So also the other th- the other question that people have had about that, too, is do they count towards the max of four? Right. They, they, they do not. They're actually not compensatory picks. They just operate in the same yes. type of way. They're actually called, quote unquote, <laughs> really in the weeds here. Resolution. <laughs> Resolution. JC2A, right? JC-2A <laughs> picks. I actually asked. Howie about that off the <laughs> during an off the record session. Uh, I asked him about quote unquote resolution JC two A picks, and he looked at me like, "What? What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know what that was. Sure. So <laughs> he's like, "Just say, just say the minority picks, okay? That's fine." Uh, but yeah, anyway, the the point being is. Uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen are just a couple of white guys, so they don't get compensatory picks in return for losing them. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Brian Johnson, Michael Clay, we'll throw him in there too, and and Sean Desai are all uh, minority head, uh, coordinators now. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the, the question that people had was, do they count toward the max of four compensatory picks? And no, they don't. So you can get four compensatory picks plus extra resolution JC dash two A picks. Uh, on top of that. So uh, the Eagles are going to be loaded up with picks in 2024 and potentially beyond. Yeah, and I, I think I've mentioned before how that could potentially impact their offseason strategy in terms of being willing to deal picks um, next year for maybe some players or whatever. I, I just think they'll, they'll in their minds, they only have six picks this year currently, and I think they'll, you know, they'll get more by trading down, I believe, at some point in the first round, if not both spots. But I think they will also uh, go into this offseason with the thinking that, hey, we have some flexibility with those picks next year. So if we want to trade a future pick for a player or something, that's an option available to us. Uh, Let's take a break here, Jimmy, before we get into the rest of our list. And then 
get into some potential Eagles free agent targets later. Uh, why don't we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, who almost uh, was on the podcast. She she popped out <laughs> of where behind you're sitting in your office there. Yeah, so my office, uh, the where I sit, what Brandon can see, he sees me, of course, when we record this. And then in the background is a door to the bathroom. And uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors opened the bathroom door, not knowing that we were recording <laughs> right right before, right before we started we recording, recording, that is. Um, came as a surprise that I was recording. Anyway, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, call the aforementioned Kristen Roach or text her at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, let's sort through some more Eagles freed and spread current. <laughs> so uh, I do my stay or go series and I allow people to vote mm-hmm. on stay or go. And I instruct them to vote sort of on like a, um, on a, uh, are you happy with this player kind of basis as opposed to whether you think they're going to be back or not. Nobody listens, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, anyway, he had the lowest stay mm. percentage on the team. Uh, I think it was a, a little bit over two. It might have been under two percent, even. It might have been one point something percent. I don't remember. I'm going to be publishing that over the weekend. But he had the lowest stay percentage on the team. Um, he was bad in his <laughs> short time as the Eagles punter when Aaron Sipos got hurt after his punt got blocked and he tried to run with the ball, got jacked up on the sideline by the Giants. Um, when he was ready to return for the Super Bowl, the Eagles said, "Yep." We'll take Sipos back, even though he's not that good either. Uh, Curran was worse. Um, turns out that might have been a mistake mm. <laughs> because Sipos had that disastrous punt uh, in the Super Bowl. But uh, Kern was uh, clearly a guy that was cooked. Uh, Thirty a really good career over over uh, you know like fifteen years, uh, mostly in Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, he he was not um, what he was earlier in his career, and that is the easiest decision that we have in this exercise. I am a one out of ten. Can we go zero yeah, out of ten? Zero. Uh, yeah. So I'm zero out of Same. ten on Brett Kern coming back. Yeah, that was already too many words on Brett Kern. I will say, spinning <laughs> it forward. Yeah. Like, Howie, got to add another punter. Really have to yes. at some point, even if it's not. I'm not saying it necessarily has to be like a free agent that you can spend big money on, but you cannot literally just have Aaron Sipos in camp next year. That's just, it's, it's it's an unserious approach to fixing the punter position at that point. If we're just, we're just going to roll it back with him again. And I don't think they will, but if they do, that's insane. It was already insane that they let Sipos run unopposed last year. We very much expected at the time that they would not do that. And it ended up costing them in the biggest moment of the season. Like, I'm sorry how he did a lot. That was great, but that was such an easy thing to do. That you could have, you know, tried something at, and they just said, "No, we're not going to try anything for no good reason for for no good reason at all." Sipas sucked in the playoffs against the Buccaneers. 
and late in the season in 2021. Yep. And they're like, you know what? We'll just bring him back because what's the worst that can happen? And their approach was like, <laughs> I, I think mentally that, oh, well, you know, he's in theory competing against other punters that are available out there. Not good enough. No, you can burn one roster spot on another punter. Like that's worth it. Like, cause what if you bring in a UDFA and he's great, then like a cool, like, wouldn't you at least give that at Ryan Stonehouse was a UDFA that the Titans right. signed to replace Kern right. actually. And he was like the best punter in the NFL last year. Just give it a chance. What is, I just don't understand how, <laughs> what Sipas has done to be unopposed. Like that's, I don't know. Just doesn't make any sense to me. And it costs them. And it's such like a yep. low, it's such a, there's no risk in bringing in a, a UDFA punt. It's, what's the downside? Okay, you're spending one of 90 roster spots on a punter who might not make the team. Like, that's the downside. Anyway, yep. uh, Miles Sanders, Jimmy. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, it was actually surprising to me to see that. Well, okay, so after three running backs got tagged, Saquon, which were Jacobs, Saquon, and Pollard. Mm-hmm. Jeff McLean tweeted something to the effect of that's going to make, that's going to help Miles Sanders market. I could quibble on the, um, on the, on the logic of that, but I'll skip that. Um, But anyway, he went on to say that the market for uh, Sanders should improve and his already unlikely chances of returning to the team have become even more unlikely now. So I thought it was interesting that he that he thought it was very unlikely to begin with that Sanders wouldn't return. I don't think he's going to return either because I think they're just not satisfied with what he is as an overall player. And he had a really good year as a runner statistically. Mm-hmm. He had over 1,200 yards. He had 11 touch, rushing touchdowns. But the flaws remain. I mean, he just is, gives you nothing. Uh, as a receiver, he's okay, I guess, uh, as, as you know, in pass protection, but certainly not a plus trait of his. Um, and I think that's what Nick Sirianni would like to have in his offense is that element from his running backs. And he just doesn't give that to you. He's just a, a, a first and second down back only. Um, and he had a big year and he went to the Pro Bowl uh, again, statistically, but his that's not hard to replace sort of what he is as a runner. And if he does get any kind of decent deal anywhere, I don't think the Eagles are going to have interest in matching it. Um, if he came back super cheap, then sure. But I don't think that's realistic. And uh, I think miles is, uh, is going to be heading on to another team this off season. Miles has talked about wanting to stay, but he's the, he, he is with those guys getting tagged that you mentioned the top free agent running back, I believe on the market now. And, there is a scenario, I guess, where the market for running backs just isn't great and he's waiting out there and he's just kind of around and, hey, I'll just return to the Eagles because all the money I'm getting is similar anyway and it's just one-year deals. There's a world, I guess, where that would be how he returns to the Eagles. But I tend mm-hmm. to think that, again, because I think he's the top guy in the market, that there will be a team out there who is going to be willing to offer more than what Philly is. And... You touched on it in terms of not being a factor in the passing game. He's gotten worse every single. He's gotten consistently yeah. worse every single year. He actually ranks dead last among running backs in yards per target since 2020. Like he is a complete non-factor as a mm-hmm. pass catcher, which is very bizarre because he showed real potential in that regard as a rookie. Um, but yeah, and man, like the Super Bowl shouldn't be everything. 
but he came up pretty freaking small in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and almost like he did had a disastrous game where if that fumble that he had was ruled was ruled a fumble, like the ruling was upheld, and that Chiefs scored a touchdown there, like the game is even less competitive. So, and because of him, you and I agreed, but that like he was a uh, like a a low key possibility for Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Before the game began. Nope. No. Not so much. <laughs> bad game from the start. He fumbled on the first play. It went out of bounds, yes. but like just a terrible Super yeah. Bowl from him. So uh, that shouldn't define, you know, and make the whole decision. But yeah, I, I just, I'm leaning towards no on this one. I'll say three out of 10 that he's back, 30% chance. I think that's about right. I had him at one. That, tell me if you think this is too low. Uh, one year, 5 million. I mean, I could see if he, if he returned to the Eagles, I could see that deal. But I think if he goes to okay. another team, it's going to be like going to be more okay. two for. I don't know the running back market off the top of my head, but maybe like two for ten. So basically, just another year. See, I don't think you would want to sign that though. I think you think he would think of that. I'm a Pro Bowler. I should be making more than five million a year. True. So I think if he had to settle for like five million, it would be for one year. Good point. Like maybe if it were like two for 14 or something like that, right. as opposed to one yeah, for five. Higher value. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to figure out his market. Uh, yeah. All right, let's go on to the next one as we go along here. Zach Paschal. I'm going to say there is a 8 out of 10 chance he is back. I, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he gives I – mean, like, people want to be like, oh, he didn't even do anything last year. Yeah, that was his role. Like the Eagles weren't going to funnel the offense to Zach Paschal. They had their big top contributors – I thought he made the most of his limited chances, and I think he's culture guy. I think you're going to get a, be, get him on a decent price. I think if he had to play a bigger role because of injuries, he could be respectable and fine um, for you know a couple game stretch, not really so much the course of a, a season. Uh, I don't think he's a guy you need to rush to pay. I don't, he's going to have a hot market. I think his value to the Eagles is more than any other team, so I think they're going to be able to bring him back on the cheap as their enforcer. Yeah, I thought he played his role exactly as expected in that he was going to be the guy that sort of does all the dirty work, blocks, opens up opportunities for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Like he was great on like those crossers where yeah. you kind of like give a little head fake to the defender. Goddard, kinda make Goddard's flinch. first touchdown of the playoffs, <laughs> the Eagles' first touchdown of the playoffs was because of that. He set it up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. He did that a lot during the year. Um, and then if you did throw to him, he'd make the catch. Right. So he was like a JJ Arthago Whiteside, except except he would actually make the play when the ball came his way. And um, I thought he and he, you know was a core special teamer. Uh, yeah, missed a tackle in the in the Kadarius Tony punt return, but mm. whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean he was a core special teamer. He did all the dirty work. You need players like that, yep. and he's gonna be he's gonna be cheap. The one thing that maybe would give me pause in him coming back is that his production as a receiver was like way lower than the rest of the than the rest of his career. So I, while I think the Eagles would be happy to have him back, I wonder if he looks at this roster and goes, "Okay, well there's AJ Brown and there's Devontae Smith and there's Dallas Goddard. I'm not like am I going to get the same number of targets that I got last year? And if so, am I content to just be a guy that makes, you know, veteran minimum the rest of my career or do I want to go somewhere else?" and actually make some more catches and maybe make some more money uh, during, you know, the middle to end part of my career. And maybe he looks at it that way and signs with some team that has crap receivers. Uh, so I think it's possible he does leave. I don't know what kind of money he's going to find on the open market, but opportunity for better numbers and thus 
better market in 2024 could be a reason that he leaves. So I'm not quite as bullish as eight out of 10, but I'll say like seven out of 10 that he's back. <sighs> okay. So one <laughs> could conceivably go back to Indy having maybe have some roots there from being there. And yeah. also Shane Steichen go in there and maybe having a role in his offense, Carolina, maybe, uh, yeah, with Frank Reich. So there you go. Um, but I don't know. I think he, he might be a little bit more realistic about a situation and feel like he's not going to be guaranteed targets anywhere. And uh, the opportunity to maybe get some if guys get hurt here or maybe sensing that Quez Watkins, who I guess we can get to mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, let's just do that. Might now, not yeah. be back. Yeah, Quez, um, I think we touched on this in last week's episode <laughs> that got cut. But I, yeah. the Eagles have to make a decision here in Quez Watkins, basically, because uh, his salary – would normally be really cheap for a six-round pick um, uh, on his rookie deal, but because he's played so much, he had that uh, per, what's it performance player, player performance escalator the PPE, PPE. yeah uh, that bumped him up to two point eight million uh, cap number this year a seven two point seven salary and to be uh to put that number in context it's currently like the 18th biggest cap number i think on the eagles 2023 roster can't be paying mm-hmm. your wide receiver three slash which isn't really the even the truest description of him he's really like their target four or five whatever in the offense um mm-hmm. i just don't think you can be paying him that much money that's it's it's 1.2 percent of your cap that might seem like small that's like a lot of money for a guy who shouldn't really even necessarily have a guaranteed role on the offense. I feel like the Eagles have to do something here where they like either it's what Rizul Douglas did in 2020, Mm -hmm. I think, and took a pay cut. Then the Eagles cut him anyway. But I think Quez either has to take a, take a pay cut or um, like get traded or cut. I just don't think you can pay him that much money. Yeah. It's not guaranteed. So they could cut him at any time and save all that money. Um, but yeah, and like you mentioned in the past, Rizal Douglas qualified for a PPE bump in salary and they were like, we're going to cut you if you don't take a pay cut. So he took a pay cut. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think they're going to take that same approach with Quez. And I think Quez, Quez was realistic about the season that he had this year to his credit. He said, I didn't play well this year. I had a better year in uh, 2021 than I did this year. So it's not like he's, you know, thinking that. Uh, he was, you know, is, is, you know, wrongfully being criticized in any way. Um, maybe he does take a pay cut being realistic about the season that he had. We will see. Um, I mean, for his sake, get your money quiz. I'm uh, nothing against him, but I just think the Eagles salary, man, when they're tied up against the cap and you're spending, you could save two point or you could clear 2.7 million. Mm-hmm. Like that's not insignificant number. Um, and he's right. going to be a free agent next year. So like, you know, do you really need him back for just one year and spending that much? Uh, I like Quez in theory, like at least I did coming into the year, but I just feel like you can't trust him. Like he, he just, he, he proved that he could not be trusted and he's only 25, but I just think what I would do if it was up to me, I would be looking hard to package Quez with one of those like seventh round picks or whatever day three, late day three picks the Eagles have and maybe move up into like the fourth or something or fifth, try to like move up a little bit. Um, I feel like there has to be a team out there that might be willing to give him a chance. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Jags really need that, but but there has to be someone out there, uh, maybe the Colts or like we just said with uh, Zach Pascal. All right. Uh, so I'm going to say chance that Quetz is back. I'm going to say four out of 10. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say six out of ten. Okay. I think he's back. I think he takes the pay cut. It would be boring to say five out of ten. That doesn't really mean anything. That's just yeah. a coin flip. <laughs> so I had to lean uh, less likely the more likely. Okay. okay. Um, that puts us at Boston Scott. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> I mean, okay. like, they, they cut him uh, a year ago when he was a restricted well, – I'm sorry, well, they, they didn't cut they him. Non-tendered but they non-tendered him. Didn't, they didn't tender him as a restricted free agent, which meant that he was a free agent. Which made him an unrestricted free agent, and any team in the league could have signed him, and they didn't. And he came back on a very low deal with the Eagles. I don't think that he um, necessarily improved his value in 2022. He's a fine enough backup running back for you know whenever the Eagles need him, and it seems to be more often than not that whenever they need him, it just happens to be against the Giants, and he has some you know interesting moments against the Giants. Uh, and I think he's back on a very low deal. Give me him at actually a pretty high number. I'm going to go eight out of 10 on Boston Scott. Yeah, I'll go seven out of 10. Uh, especially if Sanders isn't back, that really clears the way for him to return. If Sanders is back, they pay Sanders unexpectedly. You know, I think that mm-hmm. less likely that he might be back. And I do think the Giants could be a team that looks to sign him because I think they might just be tired of him just right. scoring against them and they could use some depth behind Saquon. So I don't think that's out of the cards. I've seen Big Blue View talk about Boston Scott as a potential free agent target, probably in part because of that. Um, but I think <laughs> if Sanders is headed out the door, the Eagles are going to need some more depth options. And I think Boston Scott probably likes it here. So I will say 7 out of 10. TJ Edwards, interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like, can the Eagles really lose both Kaiser White and TJ? I don't think so. I don't think you really want to do that. I know Nakobe Dean is here, but Nakobe Dean is also a relative, like he's not like a proven option. I know people are were excited about him and his potential. Um, I think it's reasonable to have him at one of the starting spots. I don't really love the idea of like, okay, you have Nakobe and you're drafting another one, or mm-hmm. or I don't know. So I, I think TJ is kind of in that Marcus Epps kind of category um, of a guy who is not perfect. He's flawed, not as athletic as you might want. Uh, but I think because of the way he's kind of come up here as a leader, I, I think he can give the Eagles um, reasonable value. And I'll say they resign him. I But it's, it's close. I'm going to say, I'll say six out of 10. Why don't we do him and uh, Kaiser White together? Okay, here? sure. Um, because I think the Kobe Dean is going to replace Kaiser White. Uh, I agree. Essentially in the Eagles defense. I think Kaiser White is basically gone. Like I would they just, say three out of 10 have... for Kaiser. Yeah. I think they're just not going to bring him back, uh, whether he wants to be back or not. Not that he had a bad year or anything like that. No. He passed a very low bar, which is just to make it through the season. <laughs> very in true. full at all. So like that's, that beats the bar of previous uh, Eagles linebacker free agent acquisitions. Uh, TJ, I think you're underselling him a little bit. Mm. See, I think like Kaiser is, uh, Kaiser is sort of the, uh, more of the equivalent to Marcus Epps. Okay. Whereas TJ gives you something that, you know, the defense needs and I'm with you. Like he's a flawed player in that he, you know, he does lack some athleticism. His instincts make up for that to some degree. He's, you know, very, his toughness is very clear to see on the field, um, you know, he's he's a very physical player. He's the green dot guy on the field and that he calls. He's in communication with the defensive coordinator, calls the plays on the field and all that stuff has value. So um, I think that he is a guy that has gotten better every single year mm-hmm. and has grown his role 
uh, is a homegrown player. Wasn't drafted, but has spent his entire career in the NFL with the Eagles so far. And I think they value that to some degree as well. So um, I think he's back. And what I can't really figure out is what kind of market he'll get yeah. from the outside for all the negatives that you listed, notably his lack of athleticism. So I don't know that he's going to get paid on the up, on the open market because linebackers typically, off-ball linebackers typically don't, like at his level, they don't normally get big money deals. Like the the star linebackers do, but not somebody at TJ Edwards level, in my opinion. So I think he's going to be back maybe on like a two year. Tell me if the, if you think this is too much. I had him back two years, 14 million. That sounds reasonable. Again, I don't have the linebacker salary, at least in front of me here. I guess mm-hmm. the Epps comparison is I just don't think kind of like you just said, I don't think teams are like clamoring. To have, like, we must have this. We must have TJ Edwards. I don't that's know, fair. I don't yeah. know that that's really the perception. So the, the one team you look for on that is Arizona. Sure. Because maybe Gannon says, this is the guy that well, I can bring in. He knows my defense. He's he can. I've, I've communicated with him all year. Yep. So that's like the one team that could maybe overpay for a guy like him. So I don't know. We'll see. It's conceivable. He's also only missed, I think, four games in his career. Uh, in 2020 otherwise he's mm-hmm. been available for all of them so he's knock on wood he's been pretty durable uh feels just just feels like that kind of homegrown player the Eagles would want to keep because of how they've developed him and how he's come up um mm-hmm. but it's tough it's a tough game we're playing we don't know i'm gonna say six out of ten what did you say i'm gonna say are we allowed to do decimals let's just sure. keep it at 0.5 i'm gonna go 7.5 and then for kaiser you had Kaiser, I have, uh, I have it too. Okay, yeah, I'd have meant three. Just like I guess a scenario where TJ doesn't come back and they want one of their guys back, but I right. don't think it's likely. But it's going to throw the possibility out there. Let's do another pair of two: Damakun Sue and Limval Joseph. Um, interesting, interesting duo because I think there's a chance one of them is back. I think both of really? them back doesn't seem likely. Yeah, uh, I do because. Like Linval showed he could play, uh, still, and hmm, I feel like Sue is almost a little too like ring chasery and doesn't want to deal with training camp or anything like that. So I guess that seems unlikely to me. Um, but I do think the Eagles didn't bring those guys in necessarily just because they thought they could help last year, but the possibility of a former con- or of a future connection, knowing that Javon Hargrave and or Cox could be gone, and kind of having that in their back pocket there, um. I guess I'll go mm, Linval is more likely. I still think hmm, it's tough. I'm going to go, I'll go five out of 10 on Linval and I'll go three out of 10 on Sue. All right. So I'm one out of 10 on both. Of wow. Them. <laughs> because I think, uh, but they have they so many snaps sort of to a... fill a defensive tackle. That's the thing. <laughs> well, they found a little sweet spot in, at this stage of their careers where they can just skip training sure. camp completely skip the first half of the year, come in and actually still be effective and just play the stretch run and in the playoffs for a contender. And I think they're going to go, Oh, well that worked in 2022. Let's just do that. If they, if either of them even want to continue to play, Mm -hmm. which is another consideration too. Um, But yeah, I think they just wait. So if we're talking about like, will the Eagles maybe bring them back mid season, then I'll bump it up to like three. 
But in terms of them bringing him back, well, that counts. That before counts the to start this of training here. camp. Well, before the start of training camp, I have him at a, as a one out of ten. Okay. If they bring him back like mid, if we're including bringing him back mid season, yeah, I'll have Sue at like a two, and I'll have Linval at like a three. Okay. Uh, that brings us up to Andre Dillard, who I will say zero out of ten for really <laughs> zero. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. Like, why? Why would you bring him back? Especially, I just how could the Eagles possibly pay him more than what could be on the market for him? When you know there's a chance to start, I mean, there's no path to him starting here. So um, I had a conversation with Tommy Lawler offline. And we were talking about some of the free agents, and I don't know if he's written about this or not, but he noted that he thought Andre Dillard, shockingly to him and to me, looked at his best at right guard Mm. last year uh, against one of the games against the Giants when Landon – was it Landon Dickerson? I'm not – sorry, not right guard, at left guard. uh, When Landon Dickerson got hurt and he filled in – He's blocking Dexter Lawrence one-on-one and having success against him. So he wouldn't be totally shocked if they brought him back to play right guard, mm. <laughs> which uh, that's I don't insane. necessarily agree that's with. Insane. But... <laughs> that's insane. That's an insane use of resources. Even if you think Dillard's but, uh, good, that's insane. <laughs> Tommy's smart. Oh, I, so, I don't, uh, I'm not saying Tommy's is... <laughs> insane. I just think from the, from a resource allocation yeah, perspective. Yeah, I get it. No. You have to, you have Cam, so where's Cam Juergens going to play? Right, right. so I'm with you there. Like, Cam Juergens is probably going to start in 2023, whether that's a center if Jason Kelsey retires, which I think both you and I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to say. Or at right guard. Nine out of ten. Isaac Samalo. Nine out of ten that Kelsey is playing for the Eagles in 2023, by the way. Okay. Um. But Dillard, I'm with you. Like he's not going to be back. <laughs> like, like uh, he's he's going to get overpaid by somebody. I think somebody's going to look at him and go, "Oh, I like the athleticism. We can we can toughen him up and get him, you know, get him in the weight room, get him better at anchoring." He, which I don't know why anyone would think that when the Eagles are the best offensive line coach in the NFL, you know, but uh, I, I do think that somebody will take a chance on him as their left guard. There's so many teams out there that are just desperate for offensive right. line help. So I think he's going to get paid by somebody. I, I mean, by paid, I don't think he's going to like break the bank. I don't think he's even going to get like big V type money when he left for the lions, but he'll get like six, 7 million a year, I think wherever he lands. And that is not a price that the Eagles can, can pay for a guy who's been nothing more than a backup. That's what I mean. Why it'd be insane because you'd have to outbid that. I think it would be insane to outbid that price given the, if the Eagles had all the cap space in the world. Okay. Maybe, but they they don't, if that's like one of your primary primary allocations, that's, that's crazy to me. All right, let's take another break here before we wrap up. So I would normally be with you. Not, not at zero so much. I would normally be at one, but Tommy gave me enough reason for pause to bump it up to a 2 out of 10 for Andre. Uh, com <laughs> Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Use it today. You will not regret it. Literally everyone I know that has had Righteous Felon has had only good things to say. I've never seen it. This is not a bit. I literally have never seen anyone complain about it. So they must be doing something right. 
uh, RighteousSelling.com. And I, oh, by the way, speaking of not only not complain, but we've had listeners continue to get it over and over. And that's the thing with this discount code. See, a lot of discount codes that you get for different promotions, they're, they're like one-time only offers. Not the case. With BZN15, you can continue to use it over and over. That makes it a really good discount code because a lot of these codes that you get are like promotional, limited time only kind of a deal. This is a forever code, uh, BZN15. And speaking of repeat customers, our good friend and loyal listener, Rich Bobby, uh, just tweeted out a picture at Rich underscore B-O-B-B-E on Twitter. He got the new teriyaki Balboa flavor, Jimmy. Uh, among his pack so you can check that out again at righteousselling.com use bgn15 for 15 percent off your order jimmy we have breaking news oh what according to diana russini of espn the philadelphia eagles have allowed darius slay's agent drew rosenhaus to seek a trade <laughs> per sources the eagles are still hopeful to find a solution where slay remains an eagle this is something you just crapped all over. Wait, let's hold on. Let's take the break and then we'll come back and talk about that. So we'll be okay. back. Back after this. Kristen Rocha, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Rocha, Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-92. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five nine two nine five. Okay, we're back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, you actually wrote a mailbag about this topic today. So, <laughs> and you 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 poo pooed the idea of the Eagles trading Darius Slay. Yeah. Well, okay. So it wasn't necessarily that. Um, like I, I didn't poo poo the idea of trading him from the Eagles' perspective. It was more like he's gonna cost you know seventeen million dollars base salary plus five hundred k and workout bonuses to whatever team trades for him. Um, plus, you're probably gonna have to extend him, and you're gonna have to give up draft picks to get him at age thirty two. Mm. In and when there's one of the better drafts, you know, cornerback drafts in recent memory. So who's gonna do that? What other team around the league is going to do that? And the Eagles aren't going to be like, well, we'll take on some of the salary for you because it's not a player they're looking to get rid of. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're a team trading for him, you're taking on the, the entirety of that $17.5 million, plus you're giving up picks. Right. Because, again, the Eagles are taking the stance that we don't want to get rid of them. So you got to give up something decent to get them, plus the $17 million, Plus if you're going to trade picks for a guy like him – you're in theory, you're looking for him to be there with, you know, on your team for more than one year. So you got to extend him. He's 32. Hmm. Who's going to trade for him? What do you think that means? So again, the the exact wording of the tweet is the Philadelphia Eagles have allowed Darius Slate's agent to Rosenhaus to seek a trade. So that kind of that indicates it's kind of coming from his side, right? This isn't because it says then the Eagles are still hopeful to find a solution where Slay remains an Eagle. So, like, what do you make of that? Do you think Slay wants out? It sounds like Slay wants out, which, yeah, I mean, um, he probably <laughs> I just he probably wants a new t- <laughs> This age well, LOL, Jimmy's tweet, uh, quote tweeting himself from his mailbag title, which was Eagles Mailbag. 
colon trading Darius Slay is a topic of discussion, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is from Slay's side, I think, because he he probably wants a new deal. Hmm. And the Eagles are like, well, no. From from the Eagles' perspective, he's going to play in, I mean, minus, take away this, like, new revealing information here. <laughs> this newly revealed information here that he's been, I guess, allowed, what does it say again here? Okay, they're allowing Drew Rosenhaus to to seek a trade. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, but again, they're making the point here that they're hopeful that he can stay an eagle. Right. So this is this is being precipitated by Slay. Where and my guess is that the Eagles want to have Slay back on the team in twenty twenty three, and his contract is over at that point. They're still gonna like take. They're gonna have a dead money hit on him. What's the thing? If they're gonna keep him, they can't just keep him as is, though. Really, that's the thing. If they're gonna keep him, sure they can. I mean, they can. But oh, I think well, I, they get they they can restructure his his his. Uh, that's what I mean. Salary. Ideally, yeah. I think they want yeah. if they're gonna keep him. I don't think they want to keep him exactly as it is. I think if they want to keep right. him, it's they want to do it where they can restructure it. So if he's not, if he wants to be traded, the Eagles. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. Can the Eagles just? restructure that on their own do they need agreement for him or can they just automatically I think they need agreement pay him. him up front i don't think i don't know if they do i think they can just i think they can just um convert that into a signing bonus and pay him and then kick that money into the and kick that but money it always is phrased as the player and the team agrees to a restructure it's not just like the team decided to restructure the player you know yeah, i still think they're allowed to do that though hmm. i i love these uh these breaking news things where we don't have a chance to go back and research stuff before we start talking about it or whatever. Well, let's, let's, let's <laughs> but, dumb this down to what do you think the yeah, chances yeah, yeah. are now that Darius Slay is back at a scale of zero to 10? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is a pretty big bombshell. Mm-hmm. And once, once these things kind of like get into motion, they tend to happen. I'm going to say he's like, I don't know. I'm going to say six out of 10. Wow. I think he's back. I think he's back. They're going to do this because they want their Matt Patricia is coming on board, which maybe, maybe not like totally door closed on that just because they hired the linebackers coach from Temple. Maybe they still like bring him Matricia on as a senior defensive assistant or something. Maybe not. I don't know. And I don't think it's really just about that to be clear. Uh, I will say big play slay quote air quotes as I'm doing. Can't see me doing. I've pointed it out many times did not have an interception since week six to end the season. And that was off of Cooper rush, big play slay. So, you know, I think you, you could, you could reasonably say he could have done a little bit more. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, not great timing, but I guess this, this could impact what they maybe do with another free agent they have, which I, who sh- I suppose we should just get to right now. Uh, James Bradbury. What do you think now <laughs> are the chances that James Bradbury is back with the Eagles? I still think he's as good as gone. Because he's going to get a huge deal. And they they can't match what he's going to get on the open market. They just can't. Like, if you trade... So if you trade Slay, you're not saving that much money. I actually laid this out in the, in the mailbag. Right. If you trade him uh, pre-June 1, it's uh, a $22 million, $22.4 million uh, hit in dead money. His current... Salary cap number is twenty six million. So you actually save three point seven million if you trade him before June one. 
But that doesn't help you that much. Like three point seven million isn't going to help you get a deal done for both Jalen Hurts and now James Bradbury too. There's just not enough. And and by the way, if you trade Slay, that's one less player that you can restructure to clear up more right. money. By the way, whereas like so now it's just Jake Elliott and Lane Johnson. Who they already did Jake Elliott by the way this morning. But and then just Lane Johnson, you can restructure his contract because there's no not much money you can free up at that point. Just mathematically, it doesn't work. So I think he James Bradbury's still gone, even if they trade Slay. By the way, if you trade Slay after June one, then Which, that's not realistic. Uh, by the it's, way, it's it's eight point six in dead money this year, and then it's thirteen point eight dead money in twenty twenty four. So the savings on the twenty twenty three cap would be. Seventeen and a half million, but the draft pick compensation you, re- you get in return is, of course, already after the twenty twenty three draft will have happened. So you don't get you're getting picks in twenty twenty four where you're already loaded up with picks, and also like you have this unhappy player on your roster for you know you know for yeah. for the next few months or yeah. whatever. If you plan, if you intend to deal them anyway, uh, it's just that's just not really realistic. And, and you have him on, and you have. By the way, you have him on your cap at his huge number exactly. until then. You don't get that savings until after yes. June first. That's what I mean. It's not realistic because, like, you can't. Okay, uh, you, you clear up the money after June first. Okay, guess where all the free agents and anything that you'd want to spend that money on probably at that point they're not available anymore because it's after June first. So yeah, I don't really think that's like a real strategy to moving him. Interesting wrinkle to come up. That's the thing. In the offseason, you never know what could pop up. And that's that's why, again, um, like the fragility of a contending team can be much greater than is perceived because these things kind of happen. Uh, there's, stasis is not the norm in the NFL. That's just not how it goes. Let's wrap this up, I guess. <laughs> uh, Isaac Samalo, I think there's like a <laughs> one out of ten chance. Really? That low? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll bump it up to two. I'll say two out of ten. I, I think he's gone. I think he's going to get a, a significant deal in free agency. Um, yeah. I predicted a pretty heavy number for him. Let me find that real quick. He, I had him at. Okay, so I have him at fourteen million a year. So I, I said I, I projected three years, forty-two million. Which, if he gets that, forget it. Like they can't bring him back. If somehow he doesn't have a market that forms for him like that. Uh, again, getting back to the point where like teams are desperate for offensive line help. Brandon Scherf got a big deal last year from Jack from Jacksonville is more than fourteen million a year. He's same isn't going to get that kind of money, but there's going to be teams out there looking for quality starting offensive linemen. And same is exactly that. Like he's had he's pieced together two straight you know pretty good seasons uh, for the Eagles at left guard in 2021 and then uh, right guard in 2022 he's got that versatility he can play center too if you need him um but yeah i think he's going to get too much money on the open market and the eagles can't match it and as you mentioned before cam jorgens is going to start somewhere yes. in 2023 uh we both think that jason kelsey's going to not retire come back to the eagles and then uh cam jorgens will fill in at right guard uh but yeah i i think that i'm with you uh, uh same is probably gone i think they'd love to keep him but i'm a, I, I think two two out of ten is right uh, yeah. So I, again, I think Kelsey's going to be back to be clear. So that's informing part of my decision on this. And yeah, where I think it would just, to me, another insane thing would to be like, okay, we draft Cam Jurgens in the second, but Kelsey's back. And also we're signing Sumalo. It's like, 
what do we do? Like, why? Okay, then why are you spending a second on Cam Jurgens? So he's on the bench for two years and might have to play if there's an injury. Like that's that seems crazy to me, especially with the you. The point is, you have to save money somewhere. You have to. You can't just. I know they like to spend resources on the offensive line, and I think that's a, a good idea. And I've probably criticized them for doing that too much, and I've tried to back off of that. But I just think like you can't. You can't pay Isaac Samalo, who's 30 and has an injury history, when you have a potential replacement. Although it is a projection because Cam Jurgens does not have any kind of really extensive experience at guard. So it's not a lock. Um, but I, I do think you have to go with that as opposed to paying Samalo. And uh, this is Samalo's first real chance to hit free agency because he signed that extension with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in his career, before he ever got to the market, if I'm not mistaken, so I that think... was a bad extension for him. By the way, the, the Eagles. Yes, that was a great contract by the Eagles. The Eagles got yes. him very cheap. Uh, he, he he he, and you know, this time around, he was like, "Yeah, that's not happening this time." Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's hitting the market hard, and I think it was Bo Wolf who said that there was some scuttlebutt that he might want to go back to the West Coast, and I could see that. You know, he went to Oregon State he's from mm-hmm. that area. I could see him kind of wanting to go back there uh, and play for a team out there, as opposed to the more hyper-focused market yes. in Philly. Uh, so I think that's another side factor. Uh, Bradbury, I'm going to say, I don't, did you say a number on him? No, I, I'm, I'm still saying very low, like one out of 10, even, even with this yeah. slay stuff, one out of 10. Uh, I guess I'll go 1.5 out of 10. Just the <laughs> prices right you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> then we'll go with Javon Hargrave. That's the, this is like the big one. I think this is the biggest one in terms of both like hard to figure out. I know you've said, uh, you said in your mailbag on Friday that you previously thought there was a chance, but you're more like 50, 50, or you said there like, you were kind of like 50, 50, but now you're kind of leaning maybe less than likely that he returns. Yeah. So what's yeah, your number? 50, 50 lean, leaning stay. And then I kind of changed it to leaning 50, 50 ish leaning go. So I kind of set like the line of demarcation at like 17 million per year for him. Like if he goes over 17 million per year, then that's where the Eagles kind of can't do it anymore. Um, And I think he's going to get better offers than that. So uh, I think he's gone. I think the, the, the market for defensive tackles is, first of all, if you look at like anyone that that's puts that puts together like a top, you know, 50 or top 100 free agent list. He's one, two or three on all of them. So like he's one of the prime, like, uh, like he's one of the, like one of the splash players in free agency this year, which is kind of weird for a player like him. Like he had a great year, obviously 11 sacks from defensive tackle position, but usually they're splashier players than, you know, like him, for example, um, in, in a normal year, but he's going to get paid this off season. And uh, rightfully so, like very underrated player, somehow did not make the Pro Bowl, which is insane to me. <laughs> Probably should have also been all pro, but wasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's maybe, there's maybe, I don't want to say a hole in his game. He's not, uh, he'll make plays in the backfield as a run defender, but he's not necessarily like a run stuffer no. in that he can't like, like he's not one of those guys not. that you just can't move, uh, but he's just so good. He's just so good as a pass rusher. He beats guys like immediately. These aren't like hustle sacks or like, 
edge rushers coming around the edge and the quarterback steps up and just walks into the defensive tackle. Yeah. No, like he's crushing the guy against him, trying to block him, and he's making the sacks happen on his own. So he's going to get paid in free agency, and I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to match it. These aren't like Fletcher Cox's sacks, is what you're saying? <laughs> um, well, the 2022 version yes, of Fletcher that's Cox's what I mean. sacks. To be clear, yeah, not yeah. Yeah, prime Fletcher Cox, a different story, but we have not seen yeah. prime Fletcher Cox in quite a bit. I'm going to say there's only a four out of ten percent chance Hargrave is back. I just think he gets a big deal. Some I think teams are going to be all over him. There's talk that the Browns really want him. Uh, you know, the, the Jim Schwartz connection is there, and yeah, just it's a premium position. Forget about like defensive tackle for a second. Pass rush. That's a premium thing that's valued in the NFL. He's really good at that. He's a rare kind of player. Um, I think he is going to get paid crazy money. And I think the Eagles would like to have him back at a certain number, a certain high number, but I just, I think they're going to get outbid ultimately, which is tough because it's a big loss, but I think they're going to have to not have him. I think it's just going to be it's a very tough loss for them. Uh, we should do Cox here as well, since we're talking about defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this is should, he just should not be back. He's done. He's done. Like he, relatively speaking, I just, I don't, I just think he got pushed around at times out there last year where it was kind of sad to see that shell of Fletcher Cox. And I know it's not ideal to lose both guys and have none of them return, but man, I just don't really think, I I just think you need to play for more upside there. And I just don't love the idea of bringing Cox back. Even if it's a low deal, I just, I don't love that. I think it's time to move on from him because I still think you're going to play him more than you really should. It's almost like what, what I think the Cowboys should fear. Cowboys fans should fear with Zeke because like, I think they're going to cut Zeke, but then they're going to bring him back at a low number and people will be like, Oh, this is a good mm-hmm. deal. So we're bringing him back for cheap. It's not about getting him back for cheap. It's about, he's going to be back. So he's going to be on the team. So you're going to overuse him because there's this loyalty thing. And I'm worried they might do something like that with Cox. So I'm going to say the chance of it happening does exist. Um, I'm going to say three out of 10. I'm going to say five out of Ugh. 10. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. They shouldn't bring him back. But if they lose Hargrave and then Cox's um, market doesn't doesn't materialize, they never should have signed him for $14 million for one year. Crazy. Obviously, it was a terrible contract. Um, and the production looks fine on paper. Seven sacks looks good. But the reality is that he wasn't really a great player in 2022. Decent enough starter still, but just not the did not have as much of an impact as the stats might show, and as you would expect for a player making fourteen million. So he's not going to get fourteen million in twenty twenty three. No, but if his market doesn't materialize, could the Eagles bring him back at like eight? They shouldn't, but <laughs> I could see it happening if you lose Hargrave and you're just not ready to lose your both you know both your defensive tackle starters. I think. You know, there's a reasonable enough belief that Milton Williams can step up and be a very good starting defensive tackle, but they don't. I don't know that they're gonna. I don't, I, I, and Jordan Davis, of course, is waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. and you're gonna lose Sue and Linval Joseph and Hargrave potentially. I think it's even money that he's back. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm with you. Like they shouldn't, but I, I, I think it's. I think there's a decent chance he is back again in 2023. I just think you have to play for more upside there. I really do. Um, 
but all right, enough on him. That leaves us with Robert Quinn, which I both think we can say zero out of ten. <laughs> it's funny, but he has what is he the highest? Because uh, we're doing this in order of He's tied for Cox lowest contract, the highest contract. Annual, what was it? Uh, Fourteen million. Okay. Yeah, zero. Yeah. <laughs> zero out of ten for Robert Quinn. Do you think he plays? In- he, I don't think. I don't think he wanted. I don't think it's weird because he got traded to a contender yeah. from the literal worst team in the league. Yeah, and he he just kind of he just kind of felt like just you know interacting with him in the locker room, seeing him in the locker room, interact with play other players and whatever. Just he kind of maybe this is just personality. I don't know, but to me, he's, it seemed like he didn't want to be there. I agree. No, I agree with that, and I don't think that's unreasonable from a standpoint of like. He didn't want to uproot his life. He he had it, you know, he was in Chicago. Like he, yeah. he had his family or whatever. You know, like I don't think he wanted to like move during the season and then play an extra game in theory. Because at the time he didn't even get a real bye week. Yeah, I don't think that was exciting to him. I don't think he wanted to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's I think I mean he's he's clearly gone. So good trade, Howie. Good good deadline trade <laughs> by you there. Uh, I thought the trade was reasonable no, enough. Was, we were talking no, about a guy that was, was 18, not, no. 18 and a half sacks. You don't need to the year this, before. No. <laughs> I, mean, I, said, I said this beforehand, and you said this even. He looked cooked against Washington when you watched him. He, he did. Like, awful. I, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think the play there was maybe go with someone who might, in theory, have upside, untapped potential, as opposed to a guy who might be cooked. Anyway, whatever. Didn't work out. It's not the end of the world, but it does like. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, when you look at how they have this big gap from it's like pick ninety seven or whatever it is in the their third round to mm-hmm. two hundred and whatever in the sixth round, it's yeah. like, well, that kind of sucks. Like that's kind of yeah. uh, not great. Uh all right. So I mean I'd rather have a general manager that that goes for it when you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't Bowl. hate the philosophy, but I, I don't think the bet was the best one to me i don't i don't think it's like it should be shocking that he didn't produce like he didn't mm-hmm. he wasn't really doing much earlier in the year he was not looking good there might have been better there might have been better targets yes. at the trade deadline than robert Quinn. yes yeah I'll, I'll i'll give you that um all right let's take another really quick break uh and then get into free agents that the eagles could sign jimmy back after this Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, we're going long here, but you know, it's, it's what happened. Derek, I was going to say we should just uh, save that for the next pod. Well, but we're not going to have a next. Let's pod dive in before Why not? free agency, which unofficially begins on Monday. So it's time to get on the record now. We're going to go through three free agents that we think we can bat it back and forth. Uh, I will go first, Jimmy. Okay, um, because I won the draft last year that we did well, that was i mean basically it was whoever got the first pick was going to win with zach pascal so i think i won the year ahead. before though too or we tied i'm usually i've been pretty good at this i think that let okay. the record show anecdotally um without any evidence um i'm gonna say eagles free agent that they could slash should sign this is like should sign like within you know obviously like realistic kind of realm here and i'm not talking about okay. eagles free agents these are like external guys not just re-signing players I'm going to say John Johnson safety 
um, okay. cut by the Browns. I think any kind of player who gets cut is obviously like a prime candidate for the Eagles to sign in part because mm-hmm. uh, it's not like they only have to sign players like that. Cause I think they will lose enough regions more than they gain where they still, they don't have to only operate in the cut player market, but knowing that they will do some of that probably because if you sign a cut player, it doesn't count against your compensatory pick formula. Uh, there, That has an extra bonus going for those kind of players. And John Johnson was cut by the Browns. He's still on the younger side. The Eagles reportedly had interest in him when he was a free agent coming out uh, of the Rams. And mm-hmm. he's a guy that has kind of had some Eagles ties in the past, at least. I, I think back to when he taunted the Saints back when the Rams beat the Saints in the was that the championship game? Yeah, um, he was doing like the motorcycle revving thing, I think. And he was doing that because the Saints had made fun of the Eagles. And John Johnson, I think, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it's like his his boys with like Ronald Darby and Rodney McLeod, like the the DMV okay. area connection. So he wanted to get back at the Saints because because he, he had this uh, uh, affection for some of these his boys who were Eagles players and currently aren't. So maybe that doesn't matter a ton. But I don't know. Something in my mind says that John. Uh, uh, John Johnson has a soft spot for Philly where, um, and I know this isn't like, this is kind of a reverse connection, but Andrew Barry, you know, worked for the Eagles. So did Catherine Rach. So maybe there's kind of something to be said there for like the analytical, maybe he like grades out well analytically or whatever. There's something that the Eagles would like if the, if the Browns who had some former Eagles executives also kind of had that mind. So I'm going to say him and they're going to need another starting safety. Maybe he's too expensive. Maybe I'm a little optimistic here, but um, they have two freezings. And in the event that maybe both go, um, you're going to need, you're going to need to sign a safety at that point. So I'll say John Johnson. I'm going to go quarterback because corner or they're going to have to sign a quarterback. What's that? You said corner or quarter? Quarter, okay. quarterback. Because um, as we said, as we both think, Gardner Minshew's gone. And I don't think, it's, so I think the Eagles are going to think they're still Super Bowl contenders, as they should mm-hmm. in 2023. And I don't think they're going to go to the draft to count on a, a guy being a number two from the draft. Agreed. I think they're going to sign an established veteran. And I don't think Ian Book <laughs> can be, we've never seen him. So we don't know. I mean, they, they could think really highly of Ian Book from the year that they had with him, but he got cut like within the last year by the saints who have garbage quarterbacks. So how good can he be? Right. <laughs> so like I'm counting on them signing a veteran quarterback and I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota, uh, who is sort of in the same boat as Johnson in that he was cut by his team. Uh, and won't count toward the compensatory pick formula. Um, the fit is very easy to see. Obviously, Jalen Hurts being able to do damage with his legs in the RPO game. Mar- Marcus Mariota can step in uh, in-game or in terms of like preparation for a game if he has to start a game, and that they don't have to throw out big chunks of their playbook like they had to with Gardner Minshew because he can run the same concepts that uh, Jalen Hurts can because he can do damage with his legs on the ground. I think he had a little bit under 500 rushing yards for the Falcons in 2022 before he got benched near the end of the year. Uh, do I want him as my starter? No. And there are certainly flaws to his game, like his downfield passing uh, efficiency 
was atrocious. I forget the name of the, the Twitter account that puts out like the, the deep ball passing statistics. He just kind of unloaded them over the, over the last week. Uh, my apologies to that guy, but Marcus Mar- Mariota finished last in pretty much like every metric in deep ball passing. And that's a big part of the Eagles offense. Like they're a shot play offense at times with AJ Brown's downfield ability, Devontae Smith's downfield ability, Dallas Goddard being able to get down the seam uh, and make big plays down the field. So, you know, I think the Eagles would have to feel comfortable unlocking something in Marcus Mariota to improve his accuracy down the field. And maybe they can. Uh, but I think just the point to be made here is that uh, he can still do damage with his legs. And if you need him to play, you can you can lean on your strong rushing attack on your, you know, elite run blocking offensive line. And uh, maybe he can, you know, steal some games for you that way, uh, as opposed to a guy like Minshew, where, again, you're just tossing out half your playbook if you have to go with a guy like him. Yeah, I think that's a name that's been thrown around a lot. Um, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett will be affordable to the Eagles. I know you've you know mentioned him mm-hmm. as a target, but there's kind of a thought that he Nick Sirianni m- loves him a, jo- a, a Jacoby Brissett. He, I I think you used the picture that I tweeted out. <laughs> oh, that's of him, that's right. Yeah, of Nick Sirianni hugging Jacoby Brissett <laughs> before practice, and then like gushing about him in his post-practice press conference when a Browns reporter asked about him. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely, they could see that happening if the money and all that works out, just from a preference standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's the most realistic from what he might be able to get elsewhere. Whereas Mariota clearly has no market as a starter at all. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, he's, he has to take a backup role. Like that's just kind of where he's at now. Um, I do agree that they are not going to be content for a rookie, by the way. I know I said that like when you were saying that, but I think too many people are like, Oh, they're going to draft Dorian. What's his name? The UCL, UCLA kid. Uh, who they, oh they yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, he's, he's a hyphen guy. Uh, it's Dorian. Tom Thompson Robinson DTR that okay. also stands for define the relationship uh yeah Dorian Thompson Robinson like I don't think they're going into the 2023 season with that a rookie a rookie of any kind as their backup like this this is a position they highly value they're not like taking like oh day three guy like that'll be our or whatever I just don't think that's what they're gonna do yeah if you draft a guy like that sure draft and develop one but he's your three he's not gonna be your two like, even when they took Hurts, he wasn't immediately then two. Like Sudfeld was there, was there, right. which was silly. Right. Their week one, like they, and at least they had Sudfeld in the building. I don't think like Ian Book is that equivalent. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with my next free agent, and I'm going to say Samaje Pirine, who has experience. <laughs> Have you said him before? I say I him feel every like single year. Like <laughs> I bring it up every. I'm going to manifest this in the half. I like Samaje Pirine. He's a nice little player. Um, okay, and I have Sanders walking out the door most likely. Uh, Pirine was with Eagles running backs coach slash assistant head coach, Jamal Singleton and Cincy once upon a time, uh, P Ryan <laughs> hits the market every year and just returns to Cincy. But he's, I think he's like a nice little player who had some physicality to the Eagles backfield that they've been missing a little bit here mm-hmm. since Jordan Howard. Bowling really. ball guy. Huh? Bowling ball guy. Yes. And also like a nice little dump off guy too. Like you check mm-hmm. down to him and he can kind of make some things happen uh, after the catch. Not as a, like, you know, dynamic, but just be like you said, like a bowling ball guy able to run through defenders there. So I just think a nice little uh, addition to the backfield. I think you could kind of have a combination of running back that you draft on probably day two or day three, probably not B. John Robinson, uh, P. Ryan, and then uh, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. And I think that's a nice little four you have going there for a, a team that is probably still going to rely heavily on the running game. So I'll put mm-hmm. him in there as well. 
I got Matt Ioannidis, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, well, more well known for his time in Washington than his last year where he was playing with the Panthers. Um, really good numbers. His first few, he didn't play really at all in his in his rookie year, but uh, years two, three, and four in 2017, 2018, and 2019, he had what do we have here? 16, 20, 20.5 sacks in those three years. Uh, he got hurt in 2020, a sack and a half in three games done for the season. And then um, uh, the one, and then Washington did him dirty in after the 2021 season where they said he was going to be back with the team. And then like two or three days into free agency, they cut him <laughs> and like his, uh, his agent got really mad about it because, you know, they lost like the first two, three days of free agency, he wound up signing with the Panthers for one year it was just okay there last year. But he's a guy that I think gives you some of the same abilities as Javon Hargrave, if you lose him, in that he can win one-on-one um, as a pass rusher. He's got a lot of the same, like, quickness, a lot of the same, like, speed-to-power type rushes that uh, Javon Hargrave is really good at. Uh, isn't, like, the uh, like a run-stopper in the same way that Javon Hargrave is, though he will make plays uh, behind the line of scrimmage uh, in the run game on occasion. I think he's like Javon Hargrave light, mm. uh, and his cost will also be Javon Hargrave light. Like he'll probably cost half or even less than half of what Javon Hargrave is going to cost on the open market. And maybe you replace Hargrave with, you know, like two or three different guys, uh, as opposed to just, you know, another, you're not going to, first of all, you're just not going to replace Javon Hargrave with another equivalent player because you can't afford it. You just keep Javon Hargrave if that were the case. So I think if they do add a uh, defensive tackle, then uh, he, I think he makes a lot of sense in the same kind of role. And why did Matt Ioannidis go to the Panthers? Oh, because Matt Rule, of course, mm. with their connection is at Temple. And who is coaching the Eagles defense right now? A former, I don't think he played for Desai. Did he? Was it that long ago? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look that up. But it's possible. If not, I'm sure you know they know some of the same people having been in the program for a decent amount of time. And uh, I know the Eagles linebacker coach is a different position, and they only hired him last year. But point being, you have Reddick. There, there, He's got Philly roots. Yeah, there is a Temple-like thing going on here yeah. that I don't think that is totally uh, irrelevant. I don't think that's you can dismiss that entirely. So, yeah, I actually like that one a lot. I always liked Ioannidis when he was on Washington. Good player. Like, yeah. I, like He was a, a guy that you know, you're not like circling him on like, you're not like he's not a game wrecker that you're planning your game plan around, but like he was one of those guys that would kind of be like pesky and and pop up and be yeah. like, like, really? Like we're allowing Matt Ioannidis to beat us, but like <laughs> he did it enough where it was like, oh, he's yeah. kind of a decent player and a guy yeah. who, yeah. uh, like you were kind of talking about, didn't get as much attention because of all the other guys that the commanders yep. had on their defensive line, so it kind of fell through the cracks in that way. I would I would like that a lot. He'd be a nice rotational piece there, and I think would be a see that's the kind of player to your like to this larger discussion about free agency that um, the Eagles need to be kind of in on. And this is why it's a challenging off season. I think for Howie, he needs to find guys at the right value. It's not as simple as, yeah. Hey, that's a really good player. I'll just pay whatever it takes to get him. No, that's not where the, the boat, the boat the Eagles are in. They kind of have to, you know, work the margins and be smart about like, okay, this, the money has to match up with the talent at a right kind of level, as opposed to just, a team like the Texans or whoever has all this cap space doesn't really need to worry about that. Like just spend mm -hmm. whatever money and get good players or better yes. players. That's not the situation the Eagles are in. Um, so I think that's a really 
kind of the exact kind, even if it's not him specifically, that's the exact kind of signing the Eagles need to kind of be in on. Um, my last pick here is a player that Albert Beer kind of wondered that if the Eagles could be interested in, and that's Bobby Wagner. Uh, on the older side, but I think let's say you lose TJ Edwards and, and Kaiser White. Uh, again, I like what do you have there at linebacker? Not much other than the Kobe Dean, and you're going to need to sign someone. And if you're looking for a guy who could kind of be, you know, uh, somewhat of a stopgap, but also kind of offer some intrigue, I think Bobby Wagner could be that guy. Um, got cut by the Rams, so also doesn't count against the compensatory pick formula. Um, he'll be 33 in June. And depending on what numbers you look at, like not totally cooked. I was looking at different, um, you know, metrics like on pro football reference and pro football focused, not like, oh, wow, he's garbage. He's totally washed up. He can't play at all right now. I mean, he's coming off a season where he had six sacks and he played on a very bad Rams team, mind you. Um, but I'm looking at his numbers in coverage too. 87.1 passer rating allowed, only missed two tackles the entire season. Like, I don't know. I think he can still kind of play a little bit. Uh, so that's who I have for my third and final guy. Okay. I'm going to go David Montgomery for the same reasons that he said about Samaji Perine. I think he's P Ryan. I think he's, you know, a more established player than P Ryan. Certainly a, a, a more better player, recognizable player than, than P Ryan. Um, numbers aren't great. Like he's averaged a little bit under 4.0 yards per carry over his four years. Efficiency in numbers. He, he's like, he's a guy, sorry to cut it, but like, I feel like he's a guy yeah, that's God. overrated because of fantasy football, because he puts up volume numbers, but they're <laughs> on a bad team. And to, what you're saying is efficiency numbers are not good. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, he's playing behind a crash <laughs> offensive line. Come to, I, he's the kind of physical runner that I think like could play well in Philadelphia behind this offensive line. Um, you know, I don't say, I don't say David Montgomery with a lot of, uh, I guess like a lot of uh, conviction here, but uh, I do think he is a player that um, gives you the same kind of um, profile as like Jordan Howard, for example, but younger and with less mileage than when they acquired Jordan Howard and is going to get the yards that are there. He's going to get what, yep. what's blocked up for him. Not going to leave meat on the bone. He's also not going to, put you know not gonna have a lot of long runs uh but i think he's kind of a tough runner that that gets with and just as a committee back like i'm not saying like you bring him in and he's your he's like your go-to guy um on all three downs but he's, he's also a better receiver than uh miles sanders uh much better receiving yards over the last three years better one of the better pass protection backs uh in the nfl so he gives you that as well i think he's just a really solid player um and again he's probably not going to be that expensive given that he has less than four point yards for 4.0 yards mm -hmm. per, per carry over the, over the course, course of his career. I think it's funny that like <laughs> last off season, those stupid top 100 at, in the NFL list. Oh my gosh. He made it. Yeah. He made the top one, the NFL network, NFL.com, whatever it was, top 100 list. Well, I thought it was the NFL. And Lane Johnson did it. Yeah, these are the player voted <laughs> one, right? <laughs> yes. I like, think get the f out of here. Well, I think part of that comes from what I said about like the fantasy football perception of it all. Because that's a guy yeah, that yeah, does yeah. it does have value in fantasy because of the volume he gets. But that's like not yeah. the, that's not real football. It's, it's literally fake football. <laughs> um, I I think Montgomery would be a good guy if to wait out the market on. Like if he's just out there, 
his value has if he's just what's the term languishing if he's just languishing out there yeah, on the market sure and it's like he's just available in i don't know like may or something then sure i'd like to be clear like what one year three million something like that but it has to be a, to me a situation to what you're saying like where he's out there and you can't like no one should be rushing to ban him. if he's out there yes. you can get him at a good rate sure fine but like he should not be any kind of like oh we had to get him no it should be like, oh, we got David Montgomery. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, by the way, on Darius Slay, as we wrapped up our phrases there, um, I don't know if you saw this. Jeff McLean said Slay is as good as gone. So never say never wow, on okay. a return. Here, let me find the exact wording of the tweet. But yeah, he, <laughs> he said, uh, okay, he has multiple tweets here. Darius Slay is as good as gone. Never say never on a return, but I've seen this show before. Darius Slay... Uh, blah blah blah. Recently, he said he won an extension, but the Eagles likely want him to take a pay cut. One he's willing to unagree to. One he's unwilling to agree to. Hence, the report that he's been given permission to seek a trade. Darius Slay didn't ask the Eagles for permission to shop a trade. An NFL source said, "Unclear if the team put out this info, but clearly this is part of negotiating tactics. Suggests the door isn't closed on a restructure." Yeah. So he's saying what I said before, where. Once the once like the ball kind of starts rolling on this, it usually happens. And then I went ahead and said six out of ten that he stays. So I kind of contradicted myself. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the point that Jeff makes here is is apt. Where you know once these things kind of get rolling, mm-hmm. it's hard to stop that momentum. Wow. So, <laughs> uh, not to be a bummer because to to wrap up this conversation, um. Oh, he says pay cut. Yeah, okay, I'm seeing that. Yes. Did you did you say that? Yeah. He okay. said pay cut. Um one he's unwilling to agree to. Of course he's not taking a pay cut. No players are really uh, taking pay cuts. That just doesn't really typically happen. We talked about that with Russell yeah. Douglas earlier, and that is not the normal thing. Because players mm-hmm. would typically just say, Just cut me. Like just cut me and I'll go sign with a new team. They don't like typically yeah. take a big pay cut to stay. Exceptions happen, but that's generally not the rule. I think uh a vibe check, if you will, Jimmy. The vibes are not immaculate with the Eagles, and that's not all of um, their fault in terms of I don't think they're doing everything wrong. I think it's just the reality of the situation they're in. They, The way they're able to set themselves up for the Super Bowl and success in 2022 was not in a way where they're like, no strings attached. This is the price they had to pay in terms of, you know, like free agents potentially leaving in the off season and continuing to restructure caps. You know how everyone's like, Oh, how he works his magic again. The cap isn't real. Well, when you kind of push all the money into the future and you're yeah, at like yeah, 40 yeah. It becomes real eventually million yeah. dollars. Like in the, dead cap money. Is, uh, the cap is very real. Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get that straight. But like, it's just like it, this money doesn't just go away. It's not like, Oh, restructure. We can sign any, it, there's $40 million in dead money right now on the cap this mm-hmm. year. You can imagine what you can do with $40 million. If you're spending it on players, the Eagles are spending it on no one or they're paying it. They're spending it on players who, you know, were here and did contribute. But for this season, actively, some of those players are just going to be playing elsewhere. Um, so that's the unfortunate reality of where the situation I don't think it means they're doomed by any means. I still think they're going to be one of the better teams in the NFC in 2023. And they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And you said this in a group text. And it's something that I've been saying too. Like, 
I think the Eagle, sorry, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2022 this year when they were retooling kind of because they traded Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and they had so many freaking rookies playing for them on defense. This wasn't like yeah. a juggernaut team. So is it possible the Eagles can win the Super Bowl next season? Absolutely it is. It's not by any means ruled out. I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom. Now, that being said, I think it's hard to go through the 22 season and how great that was and have that, like, you know, just have that experience fresh in your mind and then immediately go to this inevitable step back of some degree to 2023 where you're just not going to be as talented and the path to winning the Super Bowl is inarguably, like, there's just inarguably less room for error than they had in last season. And that's kind of, to me, it's like, it's it's kind of a bummer, I gotta say. Yeah, looking forward to like my uh my dumpster fire articles in July or June. Um <laughs> the the reason for pessimism for the 2023 Eagles are gonna be everything that you just mentioned. Or I mean, especially losing all these players you're gonna lose. But then what the hell? What? What happened? <laughs> there was an autoplay on uh oh. on my on my and it just blasted in my head and like it, it, what are you it was jarring there. <laughs> it was on my own site. It was on Philly voice. It was an autoplay, but my, that tab had been open for the entirety of the podcast. And all of a sudden it autoplayed after like an hour and a half. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying now. Oh yeah. So the other big concern for me in 2023 is they had so much injury luck in 2022 and they kind of can't count on that again. So in addition to losing the players that they're going to lose, they're also going to lose some of the players that they keep because some of those guys are going to get hurt where they right. just didn't have uh, those injury problems. And tw- like, you know, this, the, for the, the injury luck they have is crazy. Being having every starter available in the Super Bowl is just insanity. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't. And I'm again, I'm, it's just tough because I'm, I'm, re- I'm really not trying to make it doom and gloom. It's not about 2023 <laughs> yeah. being a lost cause. I think it's. Part of it is the 20, it's just how special the 2022 season was and why it's so hurtful that they didn't cap it off the Super Bowl because that's such a unique thing. And again, even if they like have objectively as good of an offseason as they possibly can this year and how he makes like the the best moves he can, there's only so much Mm -hmm. he can do. Like he he can't build the exact roster that he did last year. He just can't really do that unless he like freaking just hits on every single draft pick and they sign a bunch of bargain guys who play way over the heads. Like, okay, I guess that's possible, but it's just. It's a tough spot to be in now. Um, I think you and I have both used this phrasing, or at least you have, maybe. I can't even, I don't know if I have, but the concept at least of this is a take your medicine kind of year for the Eagles. I think this is kind of a reset. So so with the sleigh trade and things, I think, again, I don't think the Eagles are like waving the white flag in the 2023 season by any means, but I do think they might be acknowledging that we might kind of need to take somewhat of a step back here to be on a good course moving forward in the future. Uh, and I think that's kind of what this season is. It's kind of a a reset, if you will, in some ways. Yeah, it's going to be a bump in the road. And then um, they're set up well to be able to reload with young players right. uh, in 2024 and beyond. Yep. Yeah. And then and even even this year with the with the two first round picks. Yes. Yeah. So by no means is like all hope lost or anything, but it's just not, again, it's by contrast to other teams. Like I I mentioned the Bucks earlier, it's not as simple as just, oh, it's the same team from this year to last year. Like, no, this is, this is a frustrating time because usually from a, from like a fan enjoyment standpoint too, 
um, this is a time of year that offers hope and like, oh, we're going to get these exciting new players. And now it's like the spot where, oh, everyone's walking out the door. Oh, and and, mm-hmm. and more than expected too, potentially with like Slay, like popping up out of nowhere. Like that like that one you weren't maybe re- mentally prepared for totally as opposed to like, okay, they're going to lose CJGJ. They're going to lose Bradbury. They're going to lose Hargrave or some combination of that. Like, okay, that is what it is. And it's like, oh, wait, we're going to lose another team captain as well. Like from a fan standpoint of like enjoying the players on the team and um, enjoying what was such a special season to be kind of have that ripped away from you is again, it's just, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough off season ahead. So mm-hmm. that's where it's at. And now you're adding to it with Slay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's just like, well, and then meanwhile, uh, you know, fans of other teams are just like ready like foaming out the mouth, you know, imagine Cowboys. Imagine if this was happening to the Cowboys, I guess, by like if you put yourself in another perspective, you would be loving yeah. this as an Eagles fan and be like, yeah, they're losing all their key players. So that's kind of. Now, now there's a new fan base in the 49ers that hates the Eagles now, too. There you go. <laughs> uh, so challenging offseason ahead for Howie Roseman has to make the most of what he can and navigate through mm-hmm. a tough situation. As opposed to last year, it was kind of more about like building up this team. It's now it's about like figuring out how to survive through the wreckage in some ways. Um, we'll see if you can do it. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, no, we're pretty deep in the episode yeah, here. Sorry. Uh, sorry to go longer than just, you want. No, that's okay. To. I'm just going to pick up my daughter. We're going to go bowling this weekend. Cool. I'm very excited for that. Have you ever been to, I could probably not, but where? Uh, a little plug here. Pin setters. No, I think either in, I think it might be Merchantville that it's in. Their food there is actually fantastic. <laughs> like their fries are like some of the best fries. It's like McDonald's level fries that they have at this place. Um, mm. and it's a bar too. Uh, but they have like all kinds of cool games there and stuff in addition to bowling. Uh, so we're probably going to go there. Pin setters. Okay. My re- recommendation if you're living in South Jersey. There you go. Um, I don't have any things on my mind right now. Any recommendations? So I should probably just wrap up the podcast by saying, check out RighteousSellin.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Um, Check out me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, you can check out Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you can call or text this phone number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. We will be back at some point next week with the Eagles making moves in free agency. I'm sure there will be much to discuss. Goodbye, everybody. B G N.